Then arbitrage, you have a lot of advantages too for somebody that's just getting started that has a little bit of cash in their pocket. They can pick up a property and a lease much quicker, get the deal done, stage it much quicker than trying to buy a property. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Immigrant Doctor Podcast. I have a very special guest today. His name is George Salas. Uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself in a bit, but I just wanted to start off by kind of telling you a bit about how we got to know each other. So we're actually a part of another mastermind together. And I found this guy who was so much into short-term rentals. And we started talking about it. And then um, he started telling me that, you know, initially he started with uh, short-term rental arbitrage, which was a very cool concept. And I figured, let me get him on the show and, uh, you know, help him shed some light on this concept. I understand it at a high level, but obviously I do not understand the nuances of it. So I'm going to have uh, George come on and introduce himself, and then we'll just dive into this fun conversation. Uh, welcome, George. How are you? What's up, Avishkar? Man, thanks for having me, brother. I pre- I love the energy, by the way, man. Uh, and uh, just an honor to be here, man. So my name is George Salas, guys. Uh, just excited to be here, man. I'm a uh, real estate and short-term rental strategist. I've been doing short-term rentals for about five years. And I like to say that we like to create lifestyle assets and cash flow for investors, our own properties, and that's what we do, right? So appreciate the intro, brother. Yeah, thanks. I love it that you say you're a short-term rental strategist. And, uh, you know, I want to dive into the strategy part of it. Um, so what? let's just start with, you know, what got you into real estate to begin with? I know everybody has a journey. What was your journey? Sure, for sure, man. Um, so... I'll, I'll give you a quick recap of the early journey. Journey started when I was six, parents getting a divorce. I lived in Lima, Peru, and essentially my mom was leaving my dad, right? So we flew out to this small little town, 50,000 people, and I didn't know we were. she was getting a divorce. She was like, hey, we're going to go, guys, me and my brother. She took us, and uh, essentially we went and lived at my grandma's house, which was uh, an adobe house, right? And during that journey, half of the house melted. So I grew up very, very poor. And what I mean melted is like there was a leak in one area and we were so poor guys that uh, we couldn't fix the leak and it was from the from the Spanish tiles, right? So the entire brother that from the half of the house melted. So we had to live in just one little room, this other little room. So we let's just say we were pretty poor, <laughs> okay? We grew up very, very humbly. So then I moved here to the US when I was 15 years old. Okay, so which is about 23 years ago. You guys can do the math there. And then essentially, I started in the hospitality industry. So I started serving, waiting tables, and working for different um, restaurants and bars, right? And then I graduated to sort of um, creating my own marketing, promoting uh, business, right? Um, and then I was helping different businesses create their marketing, host events, produce events, and then bring in the people and just create that whole atmosphere, right? So I did that for 10 years. I have to say service and hospitality, right? And at the end of the 10 years, uh, or towards the 10, closer to the end of the 10 years, maybe about eight, uh, I, I was pretty very successful at doing this business. So I had saved a few hundred thousand dollars, about 400 to be exact, about 350 to be exact. And, and, and I invested it into a project as a limited partner. Okay, and this project investment was, it was a venue here in Houston, Texas, and I essentially have put up all the 350 plus an additional 60 out of my personal bank, uh, personal loans that I took out, right? So 
410 in total. We ended up investing into this 1.3 beautiful, gorgeous venue. That was an event venue, and then it turned into a nightclub at night, right? Two years later, the venue completely shut down. Oh, wow. Right? And <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, this is probably a great down. thing, and then you got your money back and, and, and some, so, but I guess not. <laughs> I did not get any of my money back. Oh, so, wow. And I, had, I couldn't do anything about it, right? So that was the biggest downfall I've had. But at the same time, I look at it as a big college education, right? I was I wanted to be on top of my industry by create by being part a partner in 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 this venue right because I went from having this company doing these events marketing and creating this whole really cool business model and then I just wanted to own the event that was the top of the business right for me at least at that age right so I did but I didn't do it the right way I didn't do the proper due diligence with the partners like I didn't have the the, the actual knowledge to be able to like really dig deeper into figure what what I was getting into as as I do now, right? So forward a couple of years after that, we shut down. They locked out, locked us out. We lost the entire thing, and I was like, I don't know what to do. I lost four hundred grand, right? And I am just out there. I, I savings of seven years, right? Seven years saving, lost everything. So I'm sitting in my apartment at the time. I I have no idea what I'm gonna do, right? So wow. I'm, I'm just literally yeah. I, I know. Yeah. So so I just I know we're gonna talk about short term rentals, but I just want to make sure that people understand that this is why vetting the person that you're investing with is uh, is so important, and understanding how yeah. the deal works is so important. Which you clearly yeah. didn't understand at that point in time. You did not understand. But looking back, how did you kind of uh, go back and learn uh, what was missing there, or what could have been done differently? Hundred percent. From there, we made I made a move, right? So everybody comes out of of a rock bottom through either a breakthrough or they go even low, right? So I had to come out. I told myself I can't stay here. So I had to come out of a, through a breakthrough. And then that was, I had an external breakthrough. A friend called me one day and said, hey, George, you need to come to my flip, right? So I went to his flip. We stayed there for three hours. And it, was, it was more like an, an awakening, Abishkar. And then from there, the next day I said, I want to do this. So I went to study, like in a study real estate. That's when I started studying real estate. And this is like, late 2017, right? So like right six years ago, six and a half years ago, something like that, right? So started studying real estate and, and that's th that's what made the change. I started taking courses. I started going to networking events, building the relationships, right? And just meeting these people that would eventually become partners and educate, and educate me and, and mentors, right? And it's all about building relationships nowadays, right? You already know that. So that transition led me into short-term rentals, okay? So, and then that's where I started learning. I had learned all the structure that I know now, right? I, I, I was just learning short-term rentals and I was an operator, a very heavy operator. I'm still an operator, but now obviously at a much higher level skill. But at the same time, I was learning short-term rentals and I started with the strategy that you mentioned, right? So I started doing arbitrage what yeah let's let's dive arbitrage. into this let's dive into this what what is arbitrage what is short-term rental arbitrage short-term rental arbitrage is is essentially when you rent a property and you sublease it so that you can make that arbitrage that margin right let's just say i used to rent you know other than the flips that we had at the same at the same time and the wholesale deals i mean we've done over 100 deals about 35 to 40 of them have been arbitrage right so um, we started doing arbitrage and in arbitrage sessions, when you're renting a property, 
right? And then you're subleasing it as a short-term or mid-term rental property. So you, I read one for, you know, most of our deals were about a thousand bucks at the time. We rent this apartments for a thousand dollars, right? And then we would sublease them on Airbnb. And we had a bunch downtown, we were building a portfolio, right? And essentially we're subleasing and the income coming in from these Airbnbs at the time was about 2,500 on average per door, right? So that was gross income, right? And then after you paid your rents, your cleaning and all this, each door would make about a thousand dollars. Right, thousand dollars net. So I was that's pretty good, right? But when COVID hit, I had about thirty-five of these arbitrage in about three or four houses. Okay. So in these houses I owned, I didn't arbitrage, right? So and it then I mean, you know we got hit, right? So everybody got hit. So a lot of my properties were, were within a two mile radius. And and then so we shut down a little bit. So uh the city shut down, that's what I meant. And and then so we slowed down, business slowed down. And and then then I, I felt myself in need once again, right? And then that's when I figured out that I needed to make that switch of strategy. So now we've changed our strategy from doing small apartments to doing medium-sized properties. And we we we've got a few arbitrage, but now we just purchase, right? So and to go a little bit deeper into arbitrage, I have to break it down for you if you would like me to. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I just want to start with the fact that what made you go with the arbitrage model rather than you know directly going to the ownership model of of short-term rentals. Um, you know, how did you? Why did you start with that? Absolutely. So at the time of doing arbitrage, it was it was out of necessity. Okay, so out of necessity because we didn't have enough cash flow, right? I didn't have enough reserve savings. To be able to go and buy properties. Now, over time, we've bought we've bought a bunch, right? Right now, our portfolio has about fifteen doors, and each one of them is performing very well, right? But at the time, we didn't have enough cash to go put. So, for these arbitrage deals, it takes about five thousand dollars. It took about five thousand dollars for us at the time. Now, furniture has gone way up in price, right? And all these see labor is, is is much higher. So, um, five grand a door, and then now you're five, you're cash flowing eight hundred thousand bucks. A month out of five grand, phenomenal, right? Pretty good deal. So that that's how we got started, and then it was all out of necessity, brother. I wanted to highlight arbitrage because of the fact that uh, you know the entry fee, so to say, is like it's not that high; it's relatively low. And the reason why I say that, uh, the reason why I wanted to do this was because a lot of you know physicians, as they're getting out of residency, they may not have a lot of bandwidth; they may have a lot of student debt. Um, and, you know, the same for other professions who are coming out of college or coming out of their university. Uh, they may not have uh, enough uh, capital, you know, enough savings to kind of buy a bigger property. And so this arbitrage model uh, creates a low barrier to entry. And I think it creates what, what I call now money instead of creating a legacy. But this now money eventually kind of you can pump into into other assets like you're doing, you've transitioned now into owning these assets and creating that wealth uh, for you and your family. Absolutely. So originally, we were getting into these assets for very small money, right? Five grand. And if you do a, if you do a house, for example, right? So let me give you a few examples of some houses that we currently have and, and we do, we, we still have an arbitrage, right? So as an arbitrage, the strata. So there's one, in Houston, Texas, that we um, signed a three-year lease uh, at the beginning of 2021, right? And, and we put in $26,000 into this deal, right? And then a couple months later, we put another $8,000. $26,000 is 
I mean, you've got your first month deposit, you get your first month rent, uh, and then you have furniture, about $20,000 worth of furniture, right? So, so that was the entry fee for this property. Now, we nailed it with this one. Not all of them are going to be this good, but we've averaged about one hundred and forty to 150000 every single year since we got it. It's always been two years, so about one hundred and forty to 150000 per year. That's gross. That's gross. That's gross. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so, so what's gross. your net so being approximately um, after all the expenses? Our yearly rent on that particular deal is 42000 3500 a month, right? So you take that, and in our expenses, they're about 25%. Okay, so 25% of 140, right, is about 35 grand. So 35 to 40,000 has been both, both years. So if you take the 140, 150 minus about 7580, we've all honestly netted one year, we netted uh, the first nine months because we got this property in April was like a sixty-seven or sixty-eight thousand dollars in the first first eight eight nine months. And then oh wow! So the second so the entry was, was twenty-six thousand dollars, and you already netted way more than that. So it's more than covered for what your entry fee was. Right. So the first the first year we did about sixty-nine net. The second year a little bit over eighty. So if you think about it. You invested thirty-three thousand dollars, right? And then you made almost ninety thousand. So we're talking about a two hundred and fifty to three hundred percent cash on cash return. Wow! Per year. Wow! That's phenomenal. So you're well, well, if, if it's this, if it's that lucrative, man, why why would uh, an apartment owner, the, the owner of the 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 asset, let, uh, rent it out to you on a long term lease and let you do the Airbnb, Airbnb rather than the, you know them doing it themselves? Well, in this case, that was a house. For apartments, it's definitely not as lucrative. And there's so many of them, right? In an apartment, in an apartment building, we that that was the original model that we did. Average car, we used to go rent five, six, eight apartments in one building, in one floor. We would just boom, rent them out, right? And that was okay. But this business is not a passive business, so it would work for uh, for a um, you know for like a. Uh, a, a doctor that's just getting started, right out of out of out of the school, right doctor school. It would start. It would get him additional cash flow. It's easy to get in. It would get him some pretty decent cash flow, right. And and you don't have the end benefits, but it creates cash flow. It's easy to make to actually three to you know two to three times your rents if if you know what you're doing, right. Like some of our properties do three four times our rents. Right, and then the same thing with the mortgage: three, four times our mortgages per month. And how how involved yeah. do you need to be in this? Because I, you just mentioned that it's not passive, but I think a lot of people who are, you know, W two owners, especially, you know, the hours are so challenging for them to manage. Can it be passive? Absolutely. So it just depends how involved you want to be, right? So you can hire a co-host or a property management company, right? If you want to hire a co-host, you're lightly involved. Right. If you want to be completely passive, then you hire a, a management company that will charge you fifteen to twenty percent. That's always going to cut into a lot of your net margins, right? So, and if you want to be active, which most of the people probably listening are not going to want to be active, there is a way to make money. If 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 you hire a co-host, which is like in the middle of between hiring a property management company and a and doing it yourself. Right, so that's what a co-host does, and they do a lot of these tasks. So you just oversee certain things, right? So that's like the sweet spot for somebody that doesn't really want to be completely involved, but also can't afford to be fully passive because they don't want to pay these larger sum to the property management company, right? 
Right, right, so. right. Interesting. And, and you know, Thanks, um, obviously, you moved to um, to this acquisition phase now, where you're acquiring these properties for short-term rentals, and you will own those properties. But just so that people understand, what what are the disadvantages of this arbitrage model? I know we've talked about, um, you know, the advantages not uh, some of the some of the advantages of owning the assets not coming right. uh, coming to you if you're just doing an arbitrage. But what are the what are the disadvantages that if you know if you can just talk about those? Absolutely. So I would say that few biggest disadvantages of Avishkar are number one that whenever you get a two to three year lease, right? That's it. It's over, and and at the end of the two to three years, you want to renew. Your rent's gonna go up, so the the numbers might not work because sometimes these landlords they're gonna want to raise the rent for obvious reasons, right? Taxes go up, and, and then maybe that it doesn't work, right? So you have the risk of having very short cash flow, right? And you're gonna make your money back within those two to three years. It's very low chances that you don't. But then you're you're it's short cash flow, right? Two to three years is really not enough. That's number one. Number two is that you cannot actually go and convert this house to your liking and create the unique selling proposition that a very a very good operator needs to create in order to create enough success and in the best numbers possible to maximize that asset. And what I mean by that is if you rent this property instead of owning it, you cannot go and paint the walls. You got to get permission. You cannot go build anything that you want to if you wanted to build like you wanted to put a pergola outside and attach it to the ground, put concrete, you're going to lose all that, right? Because you don't own the asset. If you want to put a palapa on top of your hot tub, you're going to lose that, right? So you don't have the ability to change the asset to your liking, which when you own, you do that. You could do that. And if initially you add some of these perks and additional amenities to these properties, then your ability to be successful long-term with owning a short-term rental or doing the short-term rental business model long-term, it, it becomes easier than when you do it arbitrage. Just some of those advantages, right? So, But in arbitrage, you have a lot of advantages too for somebody that's just getting started that has a little bit of cash in their pocket. They can pick up a property and a lease much quicker, get the deal done, stage it much quicker than trying to buy a property and you know putting down 20% or whatever it is. Right. Um, so, yeah, just a little pros and cons, brother. Yeah, I think um, the important thing to understand is that, you know, short term rental market is a hospitality market. It's not necessarily a need. It's a want. And uh, from at, at least when you use it for leisure, again, corporate housing is completely different when you're getting, you know, corporate executives or whatever. We're traveling, coming in and staying in these um, assets. But but when it becomes a, like a lifestyle asset, um, which you were focused on, um, you know, a lot of these amenities that can be added, they actually add to the uh, to the amount that you can charge for them, and and that's actually a part of the strategy of buying short term rentals is what all you can do to kind of get a higher um, higher rent from them or higher uh, higher average daily rate. And, and so I understand that when you say that you know these are some of the limitations because that really limits the amount you can charge. Not to say it's a bad thing, but it's just that you have to strategize accordingly and see where you're going to be in the market based on the limitations that you have um, on that. And I think one thing that uh, I want to mention also is the fact that you do not get the tax advantages that you would get 
um, if you own the asset outright, mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, you know, you're just renting it. And so the, the tax breaks that you get for uh, for running real estate as a business, you probably won't get it if you're doing just arbitrage. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I want to touch uh, up on what you just said. Okay, brother. So 100%, yeah. when you own this asset, our strategy is right now, we buy everything. We don't even want any more arbitrage. And we go and turn these properties right? We buy them with the amenities for that market already built in. Let's give you an example, right? So here in Houston, Texas, we're going to buy pool properties with either a pool or a pool on a hot tub. We're going to have that. We're going to go and add, for example, a pergola, uh, lots of furniture outside, uh, cabanas if we need to. We're going to create value and, and then even like building out certain amenities around that that just to stay there, like you can't move a freaking cabana that you build out, right? So it, it stays there. So we add the value and that allows us to charge more. So so how can people get in touch with you? Absolutely. So right now to connect with us, uh, my personal website is georgesalas360.com. And that's where you guys can check out like my, my STRs, my Airbnbs, connect with me, you know, like hang out with me. I've got a bunch of videos and presentations in there. And then uh, my uh, my investing website is Empress Capital, EmpressCapitalGroup.com. And that's where I, we're going to be releasing our fund. So, yeah. Okay. Very cool. Absolutely. Very cool. This Appreciate is amazing, you. man. This was a fun conversation. I love it, man. Folks, um, some of my guests may actually have, uh, you know, some mentorship programs. They may have some deals that they're working on and uh, you might get interested in working with them. But uh, please bear in mind that I haven't done any due diligence on what they are offering. Um, And you should do your own due diligence before you start working with them. Having said that, you know, these are very high quality guests that I'm trying to bring on so that they can provide good value to you. And, you know, they're hardworking individuals and they have uh, integrity when they work. But you should definitely do your own due diligence. Um, I I haven't done that due diligence on, um, you know, what their programs are, what their deals are. Um, So please do your due diligence. Um, I don't want to be held liable for anything that they are offering and you join that program or that deal with them. Uh, because you heard it on my podcast.